Welcome to Gardening Talk back on at 2 and you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. Great to see you, and what a uh, perfect day for it. A bit of rain watering everyone's garden. Lovely for the garden. I'll be soaking it up. They will be. Every, all those plants will be sitting up nice and tall when you go home from work this afternoon, I reckon. Fingers crossed. Oh, yes, yes. Fingers crossed. What do you got for today, Scott? I thought we'd talk about the African tulip tree. It's out at the moment. Indian hawthorn also flowering and uh, aerating your lawn. Excellent. Aerating your lawn? Aerating your lawn. I think I could do that. Oh, you probably could. It's not that hard. Oh, uh, that's not very nice, is it? <laughs> <laughs> now, Scott, you mentioned something earlier and something I could do as well, aerating your lawn. Yes, and, and you need to get in early, you need to get in quick. Yep. Because it's raining out there now, what a great time to go and do it. So it softens up the ground with a bit of rain. and it, it does, it does do that. And what's going to happen is aerating the lawn allows all the uh, water, air and nutrients to get back down into the, uh, the grass roots. And that's really important for your lawn. Right. Yeah. Now, mate, what's your lawn like? Especially if you've got a lawn that's been, you know, you've walked over a certain area, you know, if you're going out to get the paper yep. or out to the clothesline, uh, you know, you've been, you know, putting a wheelbarrow or something. Yep. Are all these things that you would usually do on your lawn? Typical, yep. Yep. Very every, day. every day. Every yeah. day. <laughs> just putting <laughs> bags of, you know, concrete in the wheelbarrow and just putting them backwards and forwards. Good idea. Good I don't even concrete. I just move bags up and back in the yard all the time. <laughs> So if you're going to have a really compacted area there, that's an excellent place to go and aerate your lawn. But look, it's, it's a great thing to do all of it. Uh, then when you're watering it, yes, the moisture will get straight down into that root system. It doesn't get caught up in that thatching and up, up in the top section of the soil. Uh, now, there's two ways you can actually do uh, your aerating. Yep. Uh, okay. Now, there's the, uh, I guess there's the quick way, the easy way, which is getting one of those sort of medieval sort of roller spikes from one of the hire companies. Yep. You, right. just, you get it. You fill it up with water. And you just sort of roll it over the lawn. And what it does, it just pushes, you know, holes, I guess, yep. in, into the lawn. And that allows everything down in there. If you want to get a little bit more radical, there's a thing called a corer that you can also get. You can get it from the hire companies too. Yep, that and sounds bigger though. It, it sounds bigger. It sounds like it's got a motor on it as well. And, yep. it, and it does. And it sort of sends a little like corkscrew down there, a little bore and pops it up. And it, so it actually cores the lawn. So rather than just punching a hole in, it actually digs a tiny little hole out in a number of places. And I think you probably see that on golf courses and, uh, you know, the yep. greens quite, you know, more often uh, because it is a little bit more substantial going and doing that. You might want to share the, you know, the costs with your next-door neighbour or, you know, a few, few of your next-door neighbours because it's something that, you know, you can do quite quickly. So in, you know... Get the whole block involved. Yeah, why not? Yeah, just go all higher and just go, you know, house to house and yep. off you go. Charge a fee. Why not? Why not? It's where think. We're moguls. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic. Look, it's, it really is a good idea to aerate your lawn. Now is the time to do it when it's uh, when it's actually growing. Uh, the other thing you'll do if you use the core, it makes a tiny bit of a mess of it, so you'll have sort of clods and things out there. So you want that to be taken over very quickly, uh, and then you can certainly go and fertilise after that. But uh, when it's raining, perfect time to do it. Ground will be softer, uh, moisture will be penetrating. So if you want to do aerating of your lawn, uh, go and do it. Uh, There's a bloke called Todd Sargent I was speaking to on Friday morning. Yep. He got these funny shoes, apparently. Oh, okay, with, yeah, with spikes on them, like golf shoes. Yeah, oh, I think bigger than that. I actually bought them at you know some sort of hardware shop, and I don't think they were a success. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Yeah. So, you could, what about using a fork? Uh, I think it, look, it just takes too long. Fair enough. Well, they yeah. are very tiny, aren't they? They are very tiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good gag that in there. <laughs> so I fell for it. <laughs> it's gardening talk back on to when you are FM. We've got Sylvia from Bonnells Bay, and she's got a question about tuber roses. Tuber roses. Yes. How can we help you, Sylvia? Uh, I've got three, actually. Um, tuberoses is the first one. Uh, I have dug up, because I'm getting bored 
uh, the bed ready to pl plant vegetables. Yes. Uh, I've got clumps of tuber roses. Do yes. I separate them or replant them? Uh, look, you certainly can separate them. So for everyone, they're uh, tuber rose are actually a type of bulb. So you can uh, separate them if you want to. Uh, have you dug them? Uh, so they're just finishing off now for you. I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, where, where there? You've got them in the garden at the moment, still, or in pots? I've just taken them up. Excellent. Okay. Look, you can separate them very carefully if you want to, and uh, of course, store them in a nice dry spot. Uh, people usually store them in a you know paper bag or hessian sack where they can still breathe a little bit, where they're not going to sweat uh, until you put them back in next year. Next year. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's, and sorry, that's what was your other question? Tuber roses. What? Now I've got two more. I've got cyclone problem. Oh, yes. Well, it's not a problem. Uh, I have quite a few indoor cyclamens. Yes. And some of them are seeding. How, what do I do to plant yes. them? So you can collect the seed. Again, you'd probably let them go, you know, quite some time until you start to see them splitting. Uh, look, the, the common thing to do, you know, when you've got a seed on a plant is to tie, uh, you know, a, a paper bag around it and just let the seed sort of drop into that for you. But, uh, of course, with a cyclamen, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, look, the only other thing you could do is, uh, yeah, look, as they, as they start to split, you would just actually cut them off and uh, put them into a paper bag and let them just... What do you mean open. split? Uh, when you see the seed just sort of start to um, come out and split open and that's when oh, you go see. collect them, yes. Collect them. Yep. And uh, are they all right for next season? Absolutely, yeah. That, that, that'll be fine to put them back in next season. Now, the other right. thing with uh, cyclamen, of course, is they are a little corm in under the ground, so you can also grow them from that as well if you split that corm. So if I've got... They're nearly all twos. Doubles, so yep. I can separate them. Yes, you can carefully separate them as well. Lovely. Now, Anthurium. I've looked at I've got two gardening books, and neither of them have Anthuriums in them. Yes. I don't know what to do. I had two beautiful plants, but they were very old, and they died. And unfortunately, just before I, I, they died... I gave a cutting to a neighbour and he completely ruined it, but I think I can bring it back to life, but I'm not quite sure what to do with it. <laughs> don't, don't be nasty about your neighbour there, Sylvia. Oh, he, he, he did it all wrong. I told him what to do, but... <laughs> Yeah, look, Anthurium's like a really well-drained mix. Uh, you know, they're not quite like a Phalaenopsis orchid, for instance, but they certainly like a very barky, open mix. Uh, the other thing I notice with uh, Anthuriums is they always seem to sort of start to get tall, and I think they're one of those plants you almost need to repot and plant down a little bit lower every now and again. Oh, I see. Yeah, but uh, look, again, uh, so... When you say a barky mix, what would you say? Oh, look, I would get, uh, you know, a potting mix and probably yes. go one-to-one -one with a very fine orchid mix in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, just really... I have, really a, I have a bag of orchid mix, yes. Yeah, and just, just open it up. They really do like quite a barky mix. It's not, like I said, it's not like a Phalaenopsis or a Cymbidium mix, but it's somewhere in between. Thank you very much for that. That's and all right. A pansy is one season only and that's it, or...? Uh, sorry, could you say that again for me, Sylvia? Pansies. Uh, Are they one, uh, one season only, or will they uh, yes. grow again? Generally, unless unless you let them self-seed, but uh, here in Australia, it just gets too hot for them in summer, so you find that uh -huh. once they've died out, really, it's just best to go and buy a new seed or new seedlings and start again uh, once the humidity leaves, uh, you know, for instance, in, in April or May. Thank you very much. Okay, have a nice afternoon. You too. Thank you.
Bye. Thanks for your help. Thank you. That's all right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Sylvia. We've got Maxine now from Singleton, and she's got a question about the mango tree. Hey, Maxine, how can we help you with it? Hi there. How are you? Yeah, pretty well, pretty well. That's good. Are you getting some rain up your way? Uh, just, uh, we had about five seconds of sprinkle five oh. minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's good. It might, might head a little bit further west for you. It, uh, I hope so. It's very cloudy, so we might get some. Oh, good, good. Now, how can we help you with your mango tree? Uh, well, my mango tree is about six foot tall. Yes. And it got hit very badly with the frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of the leaves have now turned sort of yellow halfway up, and the top uh, new shoots have all died off. I was wondering what's the best thing for me to do to try and get it going again. Yeah, look, what what I would do is actually try and prune back uh, where, you know, you've had that die back and just try and get it back to the green shoots. I think it's warm enough now. I think all the frosts have gone for you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, oh, look, you don't want that die back settling any further back into the tree, so I would actually try and prune that out at this point in time. Yeah, well, I noticed the tip looks as though it's gone black and so forth at the top where the new shoots were. Mm-hmm. And that, but, uh, yeah, so uh, what about the, the leaves with the uh, yellow right halfway through? Do I leave them on or...? Uh, look, you could, pr- you could prune those off as well at this point in time. It might just be the time to give the plant a gentle prune. So start on the outside of where, you know, you've had that burn off on the, in the die back and just start mm-hmm. pruning down until it starts to get green and that's when you stop there. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And should I give it any um, different fertilisers or anything like that? I'm, I'm giving it the... Um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Look. But, yeah, we're fertilising it, so it, should we keep fertilising it and... Yeah, look, now is that you, you can fertilise it, even though it has had that little bit of die back and you're going to give it a prune. I wouldn't be concerned about fertilising it. It's warming up for us. We've had, a, you know, hopefully okay. a little bit more rain. So you can use some cow manure if you want on, on that plant. Okay. Rightio, well, I'll do that. Okay. I've been worried about it because we've got the black frost and it really killed a lot of the plants. Yeah, do you, do you well, I suppose six foot tall, do you go and toss a sheet or something over the top of it just to try and protect it or...? No, I didn't this year. I never thought of it. Yeah, look, that's the thing. And apparently with the frost as well, if you set a sprinkler to come on around dawn as well, if if the frost can't settle, if it's actually being wet and doesn't settle, it can uh, protect the plant as well. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, okay, I don't want to lose it. So. No, 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 I'm sure it'll go well for you, Maxine. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, have a nice afternoon. Okay. And we've got Ross from Singleton. He's got a question about the lemon tree. Ross, how can we help you with it? I uh, put a small lemon tree in last year, but then a grass fire went round it later in the year and burnt it. It hasn't come back. Will it come back or will it stay dead? Mate, I think it's probably going to stay dead. It should have shot on a little bit, uh, you know, through winter or even now. Uh, I'm probably just going to replace it. Okay, thank you. Yep, a fire will have that effect on lemons, unfortunately. Yeah, right, I thank you. <laughs> okay, mate, no worries. We've got Mark from Edgeworth, and he's got a question about azaleas. Hello, Mark. How can we help you with them? Hello, Scott. Um, I've got the... I'd say it's the dreaded red spider on them because I knew... I've look, every time I've seen azaleas, they look like they've been attacked by them. I bought two really dark red ones and they got... You know the ones with the long stems where they've got the top... They've, where they've bred them that way or they've grown them that way where they've got a great big long stem and then they've got the bush at the top? Yeah, yeah. Well, I bought two of them. Um, I've got them in uh, I've got them in pots, but I've got them in the ground. So uh-huh. I've got big pots with the bottoms cut off in the ground just to look pretty. 
and it looks like the red spiders totally ate them. The leaves are nowhere near the dark red that they were. It would be red spider, I take it. Yeah, red spider gives it that, uh, how would I describe it, sort of that grey, almost motley colour. Yep. And the reason is they're just a little sap-sucking mite, and they're not really a spider, and they just get in there and they put little puncher holes in there, suck away, you know, and they heaps can be heaps of them on the plant. And that's why you get that, that funny mottled sort of silvery grey colour to it. Um, mate, look, the only way to actually get rid of it, uh, once it's damaged like that, is to actually prune it back out. But then you have to spray preventatively to try and keep them under control for, you know, they're not attacking the new growth when it comes on. Scott, have you noticed that they always seem to attack the, the zoleas, the red spider? Yeah, look, absolutely. Rhododendrons as well. Uh, so, look, th- those, those particular plants are really susceptible to spider mite having an attack at them. Uh, th- look, again, the only thing you can do is to spray preventatively. Uh, eco oil's a great uh, sort of natural thing to use. I'm writing this down. Eco oil. Eco oil, yeah, give, give that a go. Uh, that should keep it under control for you. It'll just sort of smother them and then put a protective coating over the leaf of the plant. But, I mean, apart from that, the azaleas have looked absolutely spectacular this year. There are heaps of colour on them. Uh, I think it's because it's been quite dry. And the other thing you were talking about it made me think about as well, that you've got them in pots sitting in the ground. Well, azaleas don't have a very big root system anyway. They've only got a very shallow root system. So um, the way you've got them growing is, is fantastic. Okay. So, so you would recommend that I... Because they, they did cost a lot of money. Because mm-hmm. the way that they've done them, uh, that is, have the big tall stem with a nice bush at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they've been, uh, they've been standardised. That means they've, it's taken them quite a long time to do that. So they just train, uh, you know, on a, on a vertical stake and train that plant up there and they cut off any branches that come out from the side. So a plant like that can take, uh, you know, two and a half to three years to get to that sort of stage. So, Scott, you would say for me to do now and that would be is to give it a good prune yeah just a light prune it doesn't have to be like i'm not talking cut down to the you know into the stem or anything like that but just take off you know a layer of those silvery leaves yep and then let the uh the new growth come back on and once that's happening start to spray with that eco oil to protect that new growth from any new attacks oh okay so you don't spray don't clean it off and then spray it wait till the new growth comes back. Yeah, you, look, you can. You can spray. It's not going to harm it. You can prune, spray, and then when new growth comes on, spray again. I uh, think I'll do that. Yeah, do, do yeah. that just to make sure. Because I think it's just absolutely for it. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Okay, Scott. not a worry, Mark. And make sure it's being well watered because they are a shallow-rooted plant. You have to make sure they are being well watered. Oh, thank you. Okay, mate. Thank you, bye. Okay, have a good one. Cheers. Jeez, thanks, Mark. We've got Glenis from Caves Beach, and she's got a question about the desert rose. Ah, the desert rose, not the dessert rose. Not the dessert rose. Not the dessert rose. The infamous dessert rose. rose. Yes, it's, it's reared its ugly head again. <laughs> Glenis, how can we help you? Um, my plants seem to be dying off. The, the plant itself has is, is, um, gone really soft, and um, the leaves, and my, it's got like a couple little shoots on it, but not very many. Yeah, so the desert rose, I had to make sure I said that properly then, uh, it really likes, you know, like its namesake, likes to be very, very dry. Uh, so yeah, I'd be checking to make sure that there's a hole in the bottom of the pot or that it hasn't become clogged up in some way. Uh, and, and don't sit it in a saucer of water. That would be the other thing you do. You just leave it, you know, out naturally so it can, the water can drain away from it. You would water it very, very irregularly. 
uh, you know, maybe once a week if you're lucky because, you know, they, they've designed, you know, they've got, you know, all that moisture in that big sort of bulby thing that they have, big bulby trunk yeah. that they have. Yeah. And so if they're sucking up too much water, for instance, if the, if the hole's blocked in the pot, that's what's going to happen to it. The leaves are going yeah. to drop off. It's going to go all soft and squishy like you're describing. Yeah, yeah. So can I save it now? Uh, look, only time will tell on that. Have you got it outside? So where have you got it, inside or outside? No, no, it's a, it's outside, and I've had these for probably ten years or something. I have three of them, mm-hmm. um, and each year I've I've been like um, putting them into a bigger pot with new soil and everything. Yeah, good, good. Every year they seem to be doing this, like going kind of softish, and I I trim off what there but i'm not real sure that i'm doing the right thing either yeah look the other thing yeah. that can happen to them uh is that you know they obviously don't like being out in the cold uh, so you'll right. find that you know if, if it's been cold like it has then they will drop their leaves and if they're dropping their leaves they're not using up as much moisture so yeah. if you can keep them going till next year it might be worthwhile uh you know once we get into the cold of winter putting them into a more protected position you know, on a veranda for instance just where oh, the okay. yeah where the yep, cold's yep. not going to directly settle on the top of them uh, you know out of the southerly wind as well that's also be a good spot for them oh okay all right and what kind of fertilizer should i be using on them uh, look i just use an, uh, an all-purpose liquid fertilizer on the uh, on the desert rose like the seaweed solution? Uh, seaweed's only good for the root system of the plant. I'll be using something oh. like uh, Flourish, uh, which is, you know, going to feed the, the leaves and the uh, and the flowers of the plant as well. Okay. And should I do that now when I prune it back and... and um and try to save it? No, look, I'd leave no fertilising at the moment uh, because fertiliser will just stress the plant. Once it's up and running again, let's say to in November sometime and you can see some yeah. new growth coming on it, that's when you'd go and fertilise it again. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your help. Okay, not a problem at all. Thanks for that, Glennis. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Glennis. We've got Margaret now from a fishing point and she's got a question about the dwarf mandarin tree. Margaret, how can we help you? Hi, Scott. How are you? Very well. That's good. I've got a dwarf mandarin tree, and it only flower or only fruits every second year. And um, just wondering if um, I can move it. When would be the best time to uh, do that? Yeah. Okay. So obviously, it's in the ground. This plant. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, now is the time to move it as you come into spring uh, because it's not too hot uh, because no matter what you do, you're going to dig the plant up and you're going to damage the root system in some way. Uh, look, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, so digging it up now is the best time uh, and then moving it to where you need to. Full sun position is the best place to have them and right. then just make sure there's plenty of water, water, water for it for the next few weeks. Uh, definitely right. no fertiliser after you've moved it. You will stress the plant out uh, a lot more. You might even just need to give the plant uh, a gentle prune around the top uh, just to relieve right. the stress on it as well. So it's not trying to carry as much leaf ma- uh, material as it uh, would if you hadn't dug it up. All right. It's got a heap of blossoms on it at the moment. Uh, okay, well, you're probably going to leave, lose those in that case. So if you want to leave it be, uh, yeah, it, look, it's one of those things. Now is the best time to use it, but if you've got the blossom on there, uh, then, you, you know, it, you're 6-1. You're probably going to lose that year's crop, unfortunately. All right, because this is the year it'll crop. Last year it didn't. Yeah, and look, and look plants can just do that. You know, sometimes they'll crop, you know, really well one year and then in the alternate year, uh, you know, mm. they'll just be a little bit down, a little bit tuckered out, I guess, from the year before. <laughs> right. It's like a New okay. Year's Eve. You never have a big New Year's Eve every year, do you? 
No. no. <laughs> Really? All right. Well, thanks very much for your help. Okay, that's all right, Margaret. Have okay, then. okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, New Year's Eve only comes around once a year. Yeah, but uh, don't you look back, don't you have a quiet one, a busy one? It was a bit like, remember the old Magnum PI series, they'd have a serious episode, then they'd have a comedy episode. I think we've got time for a couple more callers. We've got Camille from Tanilba Bay, and she's got a question about pink flowering lily pilly. Hello, how can we help you? Um, yes, Scott. I purchased this with the um, because I was told that it grew really fast, um, and it's hardly growing at all. What I want to know is, can I move it to somewhere where I don't want something fast growing? <laughs> That's all right. Look, lily pilly should be pretty quick growing. Which which particular variety did you get? Um, cascade is that a variety? It's got. Yeah. Pink flowering lily pilly, and on the other side it's got cascade. Yeah, so pink, uh, cascade is a really nice plant. It'll only get to about oh, three and a half to four metres tall, so it won't ever get overly tall for you. Yeah. Uh, and like when it gets that really um, nice new pink growth, it, it is quite a beautiful plant. Oh, look, I would say it is a fairly quick growing plant. Um, yeah, but look, certainly you can move it if you want to. Um, it, you know, but just be aware that it is going to get to about three and a half to four metres tall wherever you're putting it. Yeah, well, that would be all right, but this is just not... It's just about two inches in six months or something, <laughs> maybe not two inches. When, when did you put it in? <sighs> I just... I went... May, April, May. Uh, okay, look, that, and that's the thing. It's not going to have grown very much over winter for you. I mean, most plants are going to shut down, especially lily pillies, uh, when we get into the colder months. So mm. now that it's spring, we're having a bit of rain, uh, it should take off fairly quickly for you, I would say. I wouldn't give up on it quite yet. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of many plants that are going to go much faster than a cascade. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the, it's the, it's the truth. Oh, okay. I, w- right. I wouldn't tell you otherwise. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, thanks Have very a good much. Bye bye. Bye. Well, we've got John now from Cessnock, and he's got a question about the frangipani. John, how can we help you? Uh, g'day, Scott. Um, I have a, uh, I guess, a fruit salad, the colour of it, uh, frangipani. Oh, yep, yep, yep. The old tricolour, I used to call them, yeah. Yeah, the very beautiful uh, plant, but during um it still had a lot of leaves on it when it was very severely hit by frost mm-hmm. i mean severely hit yes yeah now all of the tips where the growth was where those leaves were they're all squishy and hollow mm, yeah. what do i do yeah look it's a little bit like uh, maxine from singleton we were talking to earlier she was up in singleton with a mango tree and you're going to have to do the same sort of thing with your frangipani uh, you need to just start cutting into that sort of squishy hollow stuff and keep on cutting back and back and back until you find where it's nice and solid and green and oozing sap again. Yep. So once you've done that, then I'd go and get a product. It's called SteriPrune. It's sort of this tar-based paint. It actually seals off the end of uh, of the wound on the plant. And yep. you give that a spray or a paint, depending on which one you get. And you'll find what will happen from there is you'll get little shoots, you know, coming out from the side, little sort of side branches uh, coming out, and it might lose the shape a little bit for you, uh, you know, in the first instance. But after a year or so, you'll find it'll actually come good. How big's the plant, mate? Uh, two metres tall, okay. three metres Oh, OK. So it's getting, it's getting up there then. Yeah, look, that's the, only, that's the only thing you can really do. Just start to prune it back until you get to that sappy green growth. Seal it off then, and um, it should be fine for you. All right, no worries. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, good on you, John. Nice. Thanks for that. Bye. Bye-bye. And, Scott, I think we've got time for one more call for the day. 
And it's Steve from Bar Beach, and he needs a bit of advice about his lawn. <laughs> we'll give you some help there, Steve. Uh, what's wrong with it, mate? Oh, full of weeds, mate. Full of weeds. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a palmetto grass, uh, Scott. We laid it about uh, 15, 16 years ago. Okay. And um, we just got carried away with the weeds and everything else, so we decided to get in the yard the other day to start weeding. We did about three-quarters of an hour of it and looked at it and didn't even look like we touched it. <laughs> now, I've gone out and I've bought some of this Buffalo Pro Weed and Feed. Would that uh, help the cause, mate, do you think, or Lift a lot. <laughs> yeah, now look with your palmetto grass, I think you're probably going to have to be a bit careful about what chemicals you're using on that. Yeah. Uh, usually when you, you turn over the back of, uh, you know, the chemical that you've bought, yeah. uh, they'll have some sort of 1300 hotline number there for you to ring. And, and, oh, yeah. and you ring that up and you explain your situation. So they'll have someone, you know, who knows about the chemical uh, on the other end of the line there for you. Right. And just ask if it's suitable to use on palmetto grass. I'd, I would definitely do that in this instance. No worries. Okay, yeah. thanks very much for your help. Yeah. That's all right, mate, because the last thing you want to do is, uh, you know, spray thinking you're going to get rid of the reeds, weeds and you yeah. actually get rid of your entire lawn. Right, okay. Well, I feel like getting rid of the entire lawn now. No, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, de definitely get on and, uh, and use that help line that will be on the back of the packaging. No worries. Thanks very much for your help, mate. Okay, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Okay, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. That's Guarding Talkback on 2 and you RFM. Scott Sharp, we are almost out of time for another week. Uh, That's right. Or, or quite almost. It, it goes so quickly, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. Now, next week's a public holiday, so you won't be in. No, I'll take a, a well-earned break. So I you get a little bit of a break. You I put will. the feet up. I will. Eat some chips. Yep. That's what I like, I like doing on a Sunday afternoon, eating some chips. Eating chips. What yeah. sort of chips? Uh, just plain or chilli, mate. Well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No hot chips? No, no, no hot chips, no. Just plain, nice crisps. Well, Scott Sharp, fair enough. I'll let you go and enjoy your crisps. Okay, I'll see you then. <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.